hosted on dimlywit.com. I'm Alex. And I'm Tina. And this is Obsessed Obsessed with the Best. Welcome to Obsessed with the Best with Alex and Tina, everyone. I'm Alex Ferrara here with Tina Scariano. If you're new, thank you so much for being here. We're so excited to have you. If you've been with us since the beginning, thank you so much. And you guys, we just want to remind you that the thing that helps us the most is for you to head to Apple and rate and review our podcast. It takes two seconds and it really helps us grow our community. We also want to remind you to follow us on Patreon because you will get exclusive video footage. So hi, Tina. How are you? Hi, Alex. I'm so good. How are you? I'm good. And I'm really excited to talk about our main topic of the day. But first, so you guys, we did a whole episode about what we're wearing, how we are re-entering the world post-COVID, how we're replenishing our wardrobe. Go listen to it. It's literally called What We're Wearing. We talked a lot about essentials and basics, but we kind of didn't, we talked, we had so much to say that we didn't get to like the super fun, 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 colorful, fun stuff. Yes. I mean, it's so hard to get everything into one place. And then we both afterwards were like, oh, we should have said this and that and the other thing. And what about this and that? And then I ordered like so much stuff after that episode. (laughs) (laughs) I had to, I was like, oh my God. Okay. Now I'm going to go. I, okay. So we had to talk about our favorites. Okay. I cop. I'm a major copycat, like such a copycat is anything you have, I have to have. But I had to have that Carla Santana blazer in the color matcha. Kara. Sorry, Kara. Kara Santana. Kara Santana. Santana. So you guys are, we have these two favorite, favorite brands, the Kara Santana collection and never fully dressed. Kara Santana. If you've seen me on Instagram, if you've seen me in real life, I have probably been in a Kara Santana blazer. It's these amazing kind of oversized blazers with shoulder pads. Kara Santana is this amazing entrepreneur. She had a huge, heavy hand in Glam Squad. She also has a clothing company, and it's the best. The blazers, we've fallen in love with the blazers. Oh, you got to just go They're check them so out. flattering. And then the Never Fully Dressed, the Jasper skirt, which apparently sold out like across the world in like days and so like you couldn't get your hands on it anywhere i remember i tried to order it years ago when i saw i saw you wearing the leopard print jasper skirt in a concert and i was like i have to have this skirt i have to have this skirt and it was sold out you couldn't find it and i finally got it and i am in love with it it's so beautiful it's a wrap skirt so it adjusts with you so if you're if you're fluctuating your weight or anything like it can change with you, which I love. I love. I love it too. I'm obsessed with Never Fully Dressed. It's a company based in the UK, but the shipping is really, really quick. It's mm-hmm. just these really fun, unique dresses and wrap skirts that you are never going to find anywhere else. And if I'm ever wearing a Never Fully Dressed item, I get the most compliments. People are always like, where did you buy it? I feel like it's pretty true to size. I either buy a large or a 12, and I'm mm-hmm. usually a 12. But again, yeah, the wrap skirts, they have them in oh. a million different patterns. And you can wrap them any way you want to, any way that's flattering. And you can cinch it tighter or you can let it out. Mm-hmm. It's so good for summer. Over a swimsuit, you can like dress it up. Anyway, you guys... Kara Santana collection, never fully dressed. You guys just gotta, 10 out of 10. gotta go look. Yep, for sure. So we got a listener question that I absolutely love. And this gal wanted to know how we clean our makeup brushes. Yes. Okay, so this is something that I do. I mean, for my personal, I'll be honest, my personal brushes, I'm so, I'm not 
great about I it's not I, I should be cleaning them all the time but like as a makeup artist all I do is clean brushes I spend so much I clean my brushes every single after every single makeup application for each client and the thing that I love I love 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 is cinema magic which is this incredible solution that um, you can buy in huge 64 ounce bottles or I have like a little travel size one it's a blue solution and you pour just the tiniest bit into a little tin and then you dip just the very tip top of your brush and it soaks up the water in through the or in the solution up in through the bristles and then you rub it on a paper towel and it cleans your brushes it disinfects them and it also dries super super quick so I'm not putting wet brushes back in my kit I don't have to sit and wait for them to to dry. If I've got two clients back to back, I can wash them really, really quick. They're disinfected and then I'm ready for the next client. Um, and then I use it for my personal brushes as well. And I love it. I love it, love it, love it. And I haven't found anything that works as fast or as efficiently as Cinema Ooh, Magic. Cinema Magic. I have to try that. I'm still using your rack that you gave me, which is the Cleaner by Eco Tools because I'm not working as a makeup artist as much anymore. So I'm really only doing my personal brushes at this moment, which you guys, you have to clean your brushes. If you are breaking you out at all, if you're breaking out, if you've had a cold, if your friend came over and you're like, let's get ready together and someone else used your brushes, you got to just clean them once a month. Like everyone just needs to do it. I put on a podcast, I put on a show, I clean my brushes and I let them lay out overnight. But yeah, I use Eco Tools, which I just found, which I just get on Amazon. It's nice. It's it's not expensive. And I'll also say, if you're not a professional makeup artist, if you're just cleaning your own personal brushes and you're home and you're in a bind, anything that is safe for your face, it, you can use on your brushes. So I remember that I didn't have a, <clears throat> a brush cleaner for a while or I was in a bind and I used a like a Neutrogena face wash, like a cream cleanser. Mm -hmm. And it did the trick. So if you have kind of a, a cleanser, if you're in a bind, you can do that too. But moral of the story is clean those brushes way more than you yes. ever think. For God's totally. sake. Totally. And if you're using warm water, like that method, make sure you don't get the whole brush into the water because you don't want to melt the glue or weaken the glue that holds the brush to the bristles. It's like a paintbrush too. You don't want to get that part warm and wet so you want to like just keep it keep the focus on where the actual makeup is and then you can go in and spot clean the brush exactly mm -hmm. so you guys we're here today to talk about something that is that was on, on all of our minds especially after COVID. Oh, and oh for yeah. god's sake and we're gonna really really get real and get into all things body weight body mm -hmm. image size anything we're gonna talk about our personal experiences all of the above and you know, I've been really, I started really thinking about this a lot and my past life experiences a lot this week because, so I made it through all of COVID without getting sick, got vaccinated, haven't gotten sick, and I still haven't gotten COVID, but this week got the worst sinus infection. I was like laid out in bed for five days, could not function, Ugh. could not move. And you know, like when you're feeling like that and you're just on your cold medicine, your antibiotic or whatever, you need like a cozy show. You need like something that you can sleep, take a nap through. You wake up, it's still on. You're going to know what's going on. Yes. You know, oh, I like, love that. Yes. It's like not too complicated. So I thought, okay, what a perfect time to rewatch the OC. Okay. Oh what my a God. Perfect time. So they uh, were class of 06. 
we were class of 06. I was uh-huh. a hardcore OC fan. They had the best bands on that show. They had this this like teen club they went to called the Bait Shop and they would have like popular bands on and it was the bands that I was listening to. They had like the Killers on and like Modest Mouse oh and Death Cab for Cutie like was actually on this show. It was so great. And I also had the biggest crush on Seth Cohen. Like huge huge crush on Adam Brody as a when I was a kid. I'm rewatching though and I was like, "Oh my god. Okay, so this show was at a time where body types other than gaunt, severe skeleton body types just did not exist in TV. Like, right. that's when we grew up. Like, they did not exist. Like, that show stars Misha Barton's jutting out hip bumps. Yep. And, like, every woman, even the mothers, are all severely, severely skinny. And I'm not saying everyone was, you know, had anything sort of – that's probably just a lot of those women's natural body types. But, like, there is no body diversity at all. Right. Those early two Oh, no. We grew up – I mean, the, I think it really kind of started in, the, like, the late – well, mid to late 90s into those early 2000s where – that was when we were growing up. That's when we were going through puberty. That's when our bodies were changing. And all over the media, it was the Kate Moss bodies. It was the Olsen twins. It was the the people that were just emaciated. And it was so trendy to not eat and not um, have any curves. You didn't. You wanted to see your hip bones. You wanted to see bones. It was all about the bones, your clavicles. And, you know, that's when those super low-waisted pants were coming out and, like, Please don't let that trend come back. I beg of every fashion designer out there, please do not let that trend of low-waisted pants come back. But it was all about the hip bones. Remember remember Tara Reid? Like, I remember yeah. seeing Tara Reid and just, like, just hips. I remember Lindsay Lohan lost a lot of weight and got super, super skinny. But I really do blame that all on the media because if you go back now and see – like, I remember, like, Jessica Simpson had just had a baby and she looked amazing she looked beautiful and there was this picture of her in some high-waisted jeans and a little black tank top and the media with the three-pronged the three-pronged belt and the high-waisted jeans that image is burned in my brain because people went to town on her calling her fat she'd let herself go she's probably a size four do you remember people oh, yeah. calling kate bosworth fat and blue crushed the movie yes. because she was a muscular surfer do you remember people calling Kate Winslet and Titanic fat because mm-hmm. she just had these like beautiful cheekbones? Just because she she was very thin, but she wasn't emaciated. It's because these other body types were not represented. So <clears throat> Tina right. and I are millennials. We are like firmly millennials. We're like right in there. Firmly, we're yes. not old millennials. <laughs> we're not like teeny young millennials. We are like millennials. And mm-hmm. When Girls, the show came out with Lena Dunham, say what you want about it. Yes, it was about overprivileged, like, whiny girls. But, like, I right. say what you want about Lena Dunham, love her, hate her. I love Lena Dunham. I don't agree with every single thing she's ever done. But I love Lena Dunham. I think she's very, very talented. But that was a very important show because she put her body type on HBO. And that was not allowed before. There was an unwritten rule. It was just not a thing. It was not a thing. And she Mm. created a show about a girl who had her body type and none of the problems in her life were about her body type. She had a whole bunch of issues. The show wasn't about, oh yeah, but it wasn't about her not having a 
tiny, tiny body. No. No, 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 no. Right. And it was like, I am not a tiny woman, but I am having sex. I am dating and I am having all the same problems mm-hmm. as the tiny women. It, it, you know, so for us, yes. for millennials, I feel like that was a very, say again, say what you want about it, but I feel like it was a very important show for that reason. And I, I totally. do, I'm very happy that, that I don't see, I, I feel like body dysmorphia and eating disorders will be around to the end of time, but I don't see it as intensely mm-hmm. in in Gen Z as other body types are represented. No, I'm seeing a lot more body diversity mm-hmm. and I'm seeing a lot more body positivity, which I love and celebrating all different shapes and sizes and not trying to fit into one specific mold. And yeah, I think, but I, I think that like that is something that will live. I mean, it lives in my brain as much as I've been through therapy and read every book out there and done everything I can. It lives deep in my psyche of, well, but the number on my pants matters or the size in my shirt matters. The number on the scale defines my worth. And it's just simply not true. Like I have a very functioning, healthy, beautiful body. And it should the number i i hate the stigma around numbers in our society in our culture you know alex and i are both performers and that that whole industry oh my god alex did you see that new york times article yes. that came out and oh my god okay so any, anyone who doesn't know there was a new york times article that came out a few weeks ago and the one of the first sentences was like well the pandemic had an effect on everybody and a lot of broadway stars gained a lot of weight or something to that effect where it was like what what does that have to do with anything like why does the main character of any show or the main character in any anywhere need to be a size two why does that why does that need to exist why does why can't a size 12 fall in love why can't a size 22 fall in love and why can't that be the story that we see on the stage why does it matter exactly well let's talk about it so let's let's go back so let's go back a little to you know how we grew up and like how what what were kind of your first impressions of size and food and body image as a child Mm -hmm. well again i think it was growing up in the 90s and the every magazine cover was just skeleton it was just and diet diet trends and also the 90s was like the big burst of the low fat fat free fat reduced fat was the enemy in the 90s so everything what was age do you remember like being aware of it i mean little girl i remember being a little girl and i remember i remember i was in elementary school and sitting at the lunch table, and I had, I God, it must have been second grade or third third grade, and I had SpaghettiOs and I think one of those like little mini Oreos for like packages for lunch. And my friends, quote unquote, at the table, after I finished eating, said, you ate all of that? You're such a fat <gasps> pig. And Alex, I was horrified. I was absolutely horrified because I was the tallest girl in my class. I was the tallest girl in my class. I was the first girl in my class to wear a bra. I developed really early. I was I was a bean pole. I look back at those pictures and I'm just like all legs and like white blonde hair. <laughs> just like that's all I am. And but I was really tall. I was super super tall, taller than anybody else and they called me a fat pig and I I stopped eating. I just stopped eating and my hair started falling out when I was in elementary school and I I got really 
I, I remember just not wanting food. I remember being not hungry, being scared to eat. And I en ended up having to switch schools as, as a, an elementary school kid. Oh my school gosh, kid. how did I um, not because... know this piece of your life? Oh, those oh, were, I am it so, got so bad. I feel for you so hard. That, that is something that will just get you when you're little and stick with you. I can oh, yeah. so oh, see how that would be Because you're just little and your body is changing and you, it hasn't even changed yet, but like, Oh, it was absolutely traumatizing. And also, like, little girls are mean. Ugh. God, kids are mean. Kids are so mean. But really, where do they learn that? From their households and their – it's passed down from generation and generation and generation. So, like, I I don't blame those little girls at all. I mean, they were just hurt exactly. people hurting people. But, yeah, I mean, elementary school is when really I was like, oh, I, I hate my body. Oh, you I'm supposed to hate my body. Poor thing. Okay. And But you were actually a thin – child and see this oh yes. is I, yes I think this is a really interesting perspective because we both are coming at this this from very 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 different childhood backgrounds but but currently just so everyone knows Tina and I are the same height and really around the same size I you're like a 10 mm -hmm. 12 I'm more of a 12 like but give or take you know depending on the store so we are sitting here currently the same yeah. size <clears throat> yes. So what what about you? What was your childhood like? What so, was your first experience? So my mom was always very, very naturally thin. She got made fun of as a kid for, they called her spaghetti legs because she was so thin. Oh my and my dad really, really, really struggled with his weight, like very badly. And so I had kind of like no in the middle um, example. It was, it, I had kind of like two extremes. And I have, not only does it run in my family to have kind of a slow metabolism and to have it be hard to, to be a little bit overweight, but also as I found out later, I have low thyroid. So I actually, I actually medically do have a much slower metabolism than other people. Okay. So then on top of that, Tina, I was not a thin child. I was, I was a chubby child and I had, I know. I say, oh, not because I'm like, oh, yes. but like, I just imagine yeah. like this little like yes. cherub baby Alex with just, like full cheeks and just like I, sweet yeah. baby until, Alex. Until, until I was about 13 or 14 and I grew super tall and then I was 5'8 and all of a sudden and, but, but up until then I was a little chubby and felt very crazy. Like there was something wrong with me because my mom at the time was still modeling. She was doing like swimsuits and like lingerie and she was so thin and she's healthy. She did things to like be healthy, to be fit. Like she eats healthy food and she did yoga. But like beyond that, she wasn't like trying mm -hmm. extra. That was just kind of the way she was shaped. And I was always like, why don't, what's wrong with me? Like, why don't I look like my mom? Like, why don't like a lot of my friends like look like their moms? Mm -hmm. Or my mom was really into health food. So we had no soda. We had no fried food. We had no sugar in the house. So I, I just was always like, what's wrong with me? Like, aren't I doing all of the things and why do I look different? And I went to this school. I went to a private Catholic school my entire life. And it was a lot of Irish Catholic skinny, skinny, skinny minis around me who were eating like after school donuts and all this food again. So I always just felt so different. I'm like, I'm not allowed to have, mm -hmm. I don't eat this. Like, why do I look different? And I would refuse to go to – if anyone had a party at a swimming pool, I wouldn't go. I would absolutely not go. And if I had to oh. – oh, my God. So my – like, I had a lot of, experience, like, just shitty experience as a kid. But the two that are standing out right now are I loved ballet. 
But of course, like you're in a leotard with, mm-hmm. you know, and standing in a line with a bunch of girls. I was obviously the biggest one in my ballet class. And I wanted to keep mm-hmm. my shirt, my, I went to a new ballet school and it was more strict. And I wanted to keep my like little cover up on. And the teacher said like, no, like you have to take it off, which is like, they need to see your body. They need to see your lines. And so I did. <sighs> but then I was like crying to myself, like throughout the whole class, just like, I oh, I was just so oh. aware of how I, I I did. I I just looked different. I looked different. And yeah. My weight was high as a kid. And then it kind of all evened out, but it just it was high. So then I had a pediatrician appointment. I think I was like 11 or 12 and it was so brutal. He like really came down hard on me about like you have to cut this out like no fast food after school like you can't have like cakes at birthday parties all this stuff that like I wasn't that like I wasn't even doing Tina what he was just like assuming this like looking at my at my weight which you were not an unhealthy child I know I know your mother Kathy Ferrara would not let you be an unhealthy child so like that's Mm -hmm. so that's such a misconception conception too Mm -hmm. that your weight is equal to health. I, that it, drives it, me crazy. Yes, that it was be terrible. It was terrible. So then I was, that to me was my trigger of like, it, then it was always, I was buying magazines. I was buying magazines. I was like 12 and 13. I was buying magazines for like adult women and like looking up diets, mm-hmm. started severely restricting. I started getting ideas from other ballerinas about, severely restricting calories and I'm not even going to tell I'm not even going to say out loud what I did because that's how I got my ideas I like read books about people recovering from eating disorders or I got ideas Mm -hmm. from other people who had eating disorders about like what to do so like I'm not even going to say that out loud right but I got to be severely severely restrictive and here's the thing my absolute absolute lowest weight I think I just squeezed myself into a size six barely you know and that's when I was dancing six days a week and like not so Mm -hmm. so here's the other thing is that I think we both want to talk about is you never know what someone is is going through like someone could be a size 10 right now that you know and be severely restricting your calories Someone could be a size six or eight and have a full oh, load yeah. eating disorder. You you just it does not. It, sometimes it just you don't know things aren't what they seem. So guys, I want to take a break and tell you about something I just discovered. It's one of my new favorite newsletters, and it's by the Soapbox Project. It's a community that makes social impact easy for busy people. Every week, this all-women team sends their free newsletter to help you fight climate change directly from your inbox. All of their stuff is bite-sized and actionable so you don't feel overwhelmed. Wellness is about your mind and body, but it's also about taking care of the earth. You can join us in making sustainable changes in less than three minutes at soapboxproject.org. Hi, I'm David. And I'm Liz. 
Hey, Liz, are you schmat? I'm pretty schmat. Are you schmat? Not as schmat as I'm going to be after I listen to an episode of Learn a Little. Learn a Little? That's a stupid podcast for smart people. It sure is. Every episode, Liz and I each take a random Wikipedia article and teach the other person about it. We could be learning about anything, from the politics of West African islands to Olympic gold medalists from New Jersey. Then we quiz each other to see who wins each episode and who gets to wear the crown of schmat. So far, I have not yet won. So come laugh along and learn a little with new episodes every other Friday. Hosted by Dimly Wit and Background Joys, it's available wherever you get your podcasts. Learn a little, a stupid podcast for schmat people. (laughs) Schmat. Oh, I just absolutely hate the number system. I, I'll talk about this all day, every day, is the number system with, with sizing and things. Like, I've had so many salespeople, like, where I'll walk into a store and I'll say, because I carry all my weight in my legs. And, and that's another thing about my family. My mom and my sister have the most beautiful, long, lean legs with not a drip of cellulite, just beautiful, long, and I'm the complete opposite. I, all of my weight is in my hips and my legs. So growing up, I was like, what's wrong with me? What's wrong with me? What's wrong with me? But I walk into a store and I'll say, you know, I need an extra large or I need a large. No, you don't. You're not that big. You're not that big. Yes. Yes. I am quote unquote that big. Like that verbiage is really, really harmful. And I remember as a child saying, I need a bigger size. Well, you're not that size. Well, I I am, and there's nothing wrong with that. But I, it was like, oh my god, if I'm in the double digits, I I start, you know, and it was. It took me a long time to go, oh my god, a size twelve. I mean, like, and by long time, I mean like this year to oh. go. Wow, a size twelve feels so much better than a size eight on my body. Trying to squeeze into an eight. I mean, I just also want to say for the record here, as we're in this discussion, like Tina and I are both like still very much in the journey and in the arena of of this is a process. Like we're not sitting here saying we got it all totally. figured out and now we're great. No, 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 no. This is oh, God, a no. constant, oh, my God, no. constant process. So, okay. Constant, I also yes. want to ask, so as a performer, so now, okay, so we, childhood, so then yes. we, we decide to choose careers as actresses. First out, we both go to school for musical theater. We perform in regional theater, you performing on cruise ships, the Mm -hmm. beginning part of our careers, kind of like before we ventured out into other things. Did you ever have any kind of Mm -hmm. experiences with costumes or though? Oh, my God. Okay. Yes. And this makes me so mad because, again, it was the same thing. I'd walk into a costume fitting and they had seen – because I – Again, carry all of my weight in my hips and my thighs. Okay, but can and I just so say I, something? I think, I think it looks great. Maybe... Like, I love when a women have, like, a strong thigh. Like, I think it's great. Yes. Oh, I do too. <laughs> yes. And I honestly, I love my body. I love my body shape. I love it. I love okay. it. However, it's, mis- got it, got it's it, got misleading it. to costume designers because they'll look at my shoulders. I have pretty narrow shoulders. And so they assume, oh, well, she's she must be this size. So I would go into these costume fittings for – I played a lot of ingenues. And ingenues are typically, you know, under 5'5 five, five and, and size 2s a lot of time. Um, and I played a lot of ingenues. And so I'd get in there and I would have these costumes and they'd be like, oh, wow, I never walked into a costume fitting – where something was too big or actually fit me. Everything was always too small. They either had to find me something else or had to let something out every single time, every single time. And then I, at my very thinnest, 
I I think I was a size four. It was right before showcase um, for senior senior year of college. Senior year of college. I had worked at the Utah Shakespeare Festival where we were dancing every single day in like 98 degree weather. I was, I mean, I, I could eat, 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 eat and not gain a pound because we were just constantly working out at an altitude of like insane amounts. I mean, it was just like, I left feeling like the iron woman. I was like in the best shape of my life. I mean, the best shape of my life is relative because but I just I felt great I was very active um and then I happened to get quite small and I remember being like okay I'm ready for showcase I'm a size four I had never been a size four in my whole life I mean I think I had one pair that was a size four I think everything else was like a size six but I'm gonna like go with that and I remember I had a meeting okay with also a- also my size the only time I got to a size six I was I think 15 or 16 so just for people's frame of reference like yes, that okay. that was like where I was I was like high school and then never again since so, never again since well no and like <clears throat> also I'm five nine. Right. Like I have no business. Like in no. my frame, like there's no, there's my frame is just not even a size four. So like that was just silliness on my part. So I go to this agent meeting and I remember it. I remember what I was wearing. I remember feeling like a million bucks. I remember this man on the street stopped me and said, you look like a newscaster. Your hair is so beautiful. And I was like, oh, thanks, sir. Just like completely naive. And I go to this cat, this, um, this agent's office and I'm sitting down and we're chatting and she said, gosh, you know, you really do have a face for TV. It'd be really great for like things like gossip girl or, um, you know, things like that. She goes now, but one thing is, can you, can you stand up for me real quick? And I said, Oh, okay, sure. So I stand up and she goes, and can you just turn around really, really slowly in a circle? And I turned around and she stopped me when my butt was facing her. And she was like, Ooh, are you carrying a little extra weight? these days and I was horrified horrified and baby Tina of course just didn't know what to say except because I was just I mean such a people pleaser and I was like yeah 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 I'm just carrying I'm a little bit bigger than I usually am this is a little bit bigger than I usually I was had never been smaller in my whole life and she said all right well if you want to make it in this business you're gonna have to cut out the ice cream cut out the wine she didn't know anything about my life she didn't know I had never mentioned ice cream or wine like she this is the damaging thing she knows nothing about your life you could have been vegan for all she knew yes like and that is so damaging do you remember you don't have to tell me now but do you remember this woman's name oh yeah oh I know you don't yes. have to tell me now but will you write it down and tell me yes. after because oh I will I yes feel like and I, I will anytime an any idea. anytime anyone says that they <clears throat> want to work with her I say run far 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 away because you don't need run. that kind of negativity in your life no absolutely yeah. not I mean um, yeah I mean we chose a we we chose a business i mean for the love of being creative and for the love of art and telling stories and performing and it comes with sadly a downside which i think is is going away but we definitely got a lot of of the thick of it before mm-hmm. before the change yeah i remember you know starting my life as more of a dancer like right out of school being cast at the muni as a silly girl in beauty and the beast mm-hmm. and they were like dancer silly girls and they were using the costumes from the time they'd done it a few years ago 
So they were trying to reuse costumes from the product, the, their oh, production of Beauty I and the Beast. That. Exactly. And I remember going into the fitting and all the girls being like, oh my God, this fits perfectly. Oh my God, mine's so big. Oh my God, it's so big. This is so big. And I remember they could not find a damn thing, a damn thing to fit me. And oh, at God. the time, I think I was a very like toned, strong, probably 8'10". Maybe some, you know, but again, also five nine. Mm-hmm. They could not find a damn thing to fit me, and they had to specially make my costume as if I, you know, and I, and again, it's these things that happen to you pre twenty five because you're at your most mm-hmm. vulnerable, and I was definitely at my most vulnerable. There was also a situation in that show where I was with the three of us were being lifted by guys and I was like freaking out because the other two were like little, little wafy girl. And I was like Mm -hmm. having all this anxiety. I never wanted to be part of a lift as a dancer ever because I would freak out that the guy like wouldn't be able to lift me. Cause you know, cause it's, it's different than lifting a little five, two little girl with like one arm. Like there's a lot of, you know, so all of that. But then, Okay, so this is a weird thing that I think sounds counterintuitive. So when I kind of expanded and I started getting into different things, fit modeling, modeling, commercials, Mm -hmm. I actually started, well, along with therapy. I did definitely start therapy around this um, right when I got to New York. I I was just doing it over the phone, and now I Mm -hmm. see a therapist in person or on FaceTime. Mm -hmm. But – when I started fit modeling and just like modeling in general, I was technically plus size because plus size in modeling is is above an eight. An eight to a 20 is a technically plus size. Mm-hmm. So as an actress, I, and as, as well as you know, like when we go into those rooms with other actresses, it's like, I am like the giant woman. I might as well 100%. be like Shrek. Like I am like oh, yeah. towering over everyone there. <laughs> I feel yep. just like obscene. I feel like I, yes. t- it's, it's everyone else it's a, is a tiny person and I am like an obscene giant. Mm-hmm. Like I know you probably mm-hmm. Oh, every like, room I walk into. Yes. Like just in our height alone. Okay. So then I'm in different rooms all of a sudden. So I'm in different rooms where People are size 10 to 16. And all of a sudden, I am a small, the smallest person in the room, number mm-hmm. one, which I just never even felt. I've never been around these type of ladies before, these like beautiful, curvy women, women, mm-hmm. you know, like in the musical theater world, I had never bet, like I just had not. And these like in shape, like strong size, 12, 14, 16s. And all of a sudden, I'm the smallest in the room. It was a very, very different feeling. The other thing Mm -hmm. is I did a lot of fit modeling, which is you try on clothes and you give feedback to the brand before it kind of like goes into mass production. So every brand has a fit model that they fit something on. It's like being a living, breathing, moving mannequin. So those jobs are all about measurements. It is not about your personality. I mean, yes, you have to have a knowledge of the brand. Yes, you have, to, you have to be professional. But it is not really about anything else besides the measurements. So mm-hmm. going in and having my body just be like, okay, we're looking for this number. Sometimes I was too small. Sometimes mm-hmm. it would, you know, having just, it kind of took away 
a lot of emotions and just baggage around it. Not not that I didn't still feel it. It was just different. It was just a different experience all of a sudden. Yeah. And it, it kind of yeah. helped me along, I guess, like on the journey. Yeah. Well, and I've been thinking, you know, in the last few years, so I mean, gosh, I think as much as I, as much as I like despise the whole like Kardashian movement, I love that they're curvy, curvy ladies, because seriously, like as I was growing up, it was the only reference point that I had that I could see where I was like, I kind of have a body like that. I kind of have, I have, I have hips and I have a butt and that was celebrated somewhere. And in the musical theater world, particularly it's, it's, there's not a lot of women that look like us. There's just not, it's just not, it's very, it's a very different demographic of people. And so one of my favorite quotes, and I use this all the time, it's my mom's quote, is go where, it's not she didn't make it, but she's told me it, go where you are celebrated, not where you are tolerated. And so I live by that. And once I sort of, similar, I opened up my mind to go, wait, rather than trying to make myself smaller physically, emotionally, in every single way to try and fit into what I think everybody wants, I'm going to go in search of like, what I think is beautiful and what I think where I want to be. And, and Part of that was you. I mean, you were a humongous inspiration to me. When I was like getting to know you, I was you were just like this goddess girl that like was so stylish and beautiful and amazing. And I was like, oh my and god! And now you if know I behind could dress the like anyone or be like anyone. <laughs> and now I'm like, now oh, you've taken a peek panda. behind the no. curtain. <laughs> <laughs> behind the curtain. Now I know better. Now I know better. No, but I mean, I, and I remember us having conversations and you and we shared clothes i'd never lived in a in a house where i could share clothes with with the girl that i was living with and that was so fun for me to go oh my god we can like you know share each other's clothes and i feel beautiful and this is really fun and that must be what that felt like because all growing up all of my friends were smaller than me and they could always fit into my clothes and they'd be swimming in them and oh, this is so big. This is so huge. Like you know, I have to. I need a drawstring or I need whatever. And I could never fit into my friend's clothes. And finally, it was like, oh my god, wait. Here's these beautiful clothes from this beautiful woman. Who, like yes. And then I started seeing all other kinds of body shapes and sizes. And th- and it was like, oh my god, there's so many of us out here that are just gorgeous and beautiful. And it doesn't have to be this tiny, tiny package. No, it does not. First of all, I want to add one thing mm-hmm. with theater is. Sometimes in theater, especially on Broadway, it is a financial situation where you have to find someone to fit a specific costume. So I I have right. literally been in for role. I mean, back when I was auditioning for musical theater more, <clears throat> I had literally been in for roles where, you know, maybe I knew someone behind the table and they were like, look, we are we have to find someone to cover this exact role for three weeks and they have to fit into this woman's costume who maybe right. is a size four. Yeah. And that's just the way it is. And it's a financial issue and it's shitty and it sucks. But like that's kind of the way it is. But 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 for the majority mm-hmm. of people who are not trying to fit into a Broadway replacement costume and are just living their lives, we need to take yeah, the importance away from away from the numbers, away from the scale, away from the pant size. Buy the clothes that fit, feel good in them, and also just mm-hmm. really look at our internal health. Like we are not saying like it's okay to have depression and lay on the couch all day and eat ice cream all day and and 
gain and gain and gain and gain. Like that, no, 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 no. We're saying be healthy. Like what is your healthy? When do you feel good? Where where do you feel energetic? And that Mm -hmm. that is the goal here. And that's what we all need to support each other to do is get away from the numbers because you can be a different size at every store. Also, women Mm -hmm. fluctuate weight like a ton because of our hormones. Oh my gosh. Yes. Get off that scale. And I haven't, I, I have not weighed myself in almost a year. And you know, when you go to the doctor, and I need to get the guts to do this, but do you, everyone out there, when you go to the doctor, you can ask them to not weigh you. There is no, under any circumstance, any requirement for you to be weighed. There's absolutely zero, zero, zero requirement. Wait, really? And you can request to not be weighed. Yes. And some, they might give you pushback. They might get you put and go, well, it's, it's protocol. But, you know, you can request to not be weighed. And that is an absolute right of the patient. There is no reason for you to be weighed. And something that I've wanted to start implementing into my doctor's visits, I just haven't gotten the courage up to do it yet. But I would guess, I mean, I'm just going to say it out loud because I, I'm curious. I want to know about other women because I, for so many years, I was trying to be under 140 pounds, which is unrealistic unrealistic for my body unrealistic but I thought if I was above I used to have a panic weight I shouldn't say I shouldn't say this but I'm gonna say it I used to have a panic weight when I was in college where if I hit 150 I would go on a diet because I could not be above. I in my mind I thought oh my gosh I can't be above 150 it's so much more about the internal health and we're going to fluctuate also ladies like you got to get your hormones checked you got to get your thyroid checked too that is a huge part that is like my next thing i had my hormones checked or i had my thyroid checked because it it runs in my family but probably like five years ago i have to go back and then i'm also have on my list to get like a whole blood panel and i think we all as we age Mm -hmm. need to stay up on our hormones and what what's going on because our bodies change so yes our bodies are constantly oh and i also got off birth control after i mean god 15 years of being off on it i got off of it like last year and my body, it's been a year. It's been quite a year of like relearning how to live my life. And my body's changed. Yeah. My body has changed a lot since I've been off of wow. it. And I, I'm a little bit softer. And I think part of that is the birth control. But I'm also like happier not to have those hormones. Exactly. It affects people my body. so, so differently. And okay, speaking mm-hmm. of all of this, I recently just did a YouTube video project that Tina is in our last special guest, which please go listen to her episode. Emily Battle is also in our awesome friend, Brooke, who we talk about all the time, also makes an appearance. And we talked to an actual woman. She's a millennial too, Dr. Stephanie Ortiz, and she is a metabolic specialist. And I mentioned that she's a millennial because I feel like so much of Western medicine is just from the dark ages of just like, you know, the food Mm -hmm. pyramid and calories in, calories out. And Dr. Stephanie Ortiz is like, actually, that's not true. She's like, I have people who are overweight who have been eating under a thousand calories a day. I those are my patients, and my patients are doing everything, and it's because the hormone is their hormones are off, or their thyroid, or they have insulin resistance, or they're just not doing the right like food combining. Or she really, really goes into it, and then I kind of show women, New York City women that I know, creative, amazing women, Tina included, who are between a size ten and a size twelve just to show what 
that looks like because it looks so incredibly different on on everyone mm-hmm. and we're all wearing similar sizes and you would never guess you would never guess that we're all wearing similar sizes so I would love for you guys to go check that out it kind of goes deeper into what we're talking about today that we just we have to we gotta let the numbers go and we have to let we have to let the judgments go and we have to let the stereotypes Mm -hmm. go like i think that and i say this in the video the thing that i really really want to challenge and this is this is the little 11 year old in me at at the pediatrician is being yelled at for eating too much fast food Mm -hmm. after school which i was not doing Mm -hmm. you know which is yeah that just because someone is a size 10 size 12 or size 14 does not mean that they are not waking up every single day and working out and eating healthy, whole, nourishing foods and taking care of their body. That's just not what that mm-hmm. means. And I love, so your food coach, Lale, is that how you pronounce her name? Yes, okay. Lale. I, I love her. Um, I want to have her on the pod so bad. I know. So um, yes. everyone should follow her. So I follow her now and she posted this photo and she reposted it by someone else, but then I reposted it. And it was a photo of three women with different body types. And it said, just a reminder yes. that if all women ate and drank and worked out the exact same amount and did everything exactly the same, we would all still have different body types. And, and that's, mm-hmm. that's that. So all we can do is just be the healthiest version of what our body type and our genetics and our, you know, just our makeup will allow. And that is literally all we can do. And that's all we can do. Exactly. And celebrate, celebrate a body that is functioning and healthy and working and um, has done so much for, for, I, I, I try and celebrate my body in that way now yeah. of going, gosh, my body has done so much. Exactly. It has done so much for me and I want to love it. We made it through um, a pandemic. God damn it. Oh my God! I know. Oh my God! We made it through a pandemic. Uh, these bodies, these bodies are resilient. Truly. So, guys, um, we'll- I'll link that video. I'll we'll put that video in the um, detailed description box attached to this podcast. But you'll also see it. We can attach it to our social media. It's truly a wonderful video that that Alex made and created, and the women that are involved are so special and so beautiful and that interview that you do is just wonderful so i hope everybody goes and checks it out but we'll make sure we link it everywhere we are thanks tina so guys moral of the story is we're all going through this together tina and i are we feel like we're in a very body positive place right now but it doesn't mean it's not work it doesn't mean we don't have bad days it doesn't mean we both don't have to talk about it in therapy sometimes it's a constant process and we're here for you we're going through it with you so yes Yep. And reach out to us with anything that you want to talk about or want us to talk about. We're here for you. We love you. We're celebrating you. And you're beautiful. Don't ever forget it. See you later. Bye. Don't forget to follow, rate, and review on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And for more content, make sure to subscribe to us on YouTube, Patreon, and give us a follow at Obsessed with the Best Pod on Instagram and TikTok. Hosted on dimlywit.com.